Morning, gentlemen. Afternoon for Mark. How are you? We're um, we're fine here in Stockholm. Summer came yesterday, and uh, it's warm. You can wear shorts, which mightn't be a good experience for some people watching you run around in shorts. But <laughs> <laughs> you get no the breeze. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, <laughs> yeah, getting there. So, and as kids are still playing football, games are happening. Um. Yeah, school is still open. Status quo in some uh, mm -hmm. some aspects then. Yeah. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah. Uh, Britain, how are you? Different uh, background. Is this a Zoom or a Teams background, or is this actually a real place? Uh, this is a real place. Um, uh -huh. This is our office. And, uh, well, the green room. I see the green yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. we had to have the meta. <laughs> People thought I was crazy. I'm like, I want that wall green. And then we painted it, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> but uh it's it's dried now and it it, it actually looks pretty good so yeah. put, yeah, put um, shamrocks on it and things and yeah irish flag a, a, pic, yeah. a picture of mark's face <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking of a club motto you know a metasport where you know everybody's irish <laughs> uh yeah boy, boy. mark can be the mascot yeah I need, um, I need, I need something to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've been busy. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, how's uh, what? I mean, Britain, you've been bike riding, I hear. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, a couple of us in the office have gotten really into it, and uh, I finally found a hobby. It's, really? Uh, you know, yeah, twenty-four-seven soccer for a bit, and uh, now I'm ninety-ten. So right. and you and you're back on the field, eh? Yeah, back on the field. Um, kids are training. Uh, it's there's actually some good things about it because coaches coaches have to wear masks when they address the kids. So we wear we wear a PPE. Um, uh, we run a full training session the way that you would expect. Um, kids are playing, you know, with contact and you know able to play small sided games. We as coaches need to stay six feet away from those players. And when we're addressing them, have to wear our mask. And so, uh, you know, I think maybe that discourages us from talking us like talking too much. So, right. you know, not a not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. Well, we're uh, you know, for anyone listening in Canada, we have a meeting um, with our governing body, Soccer Nova Scotia, at one o'clock today to um discuss return to play protocol we're, we're going to be a lot slower than um obviously yourself so i'll uh, i'll update you guys next week on where with that um on next week uh we are gonna try something new um and it could go dreadfully wrong but you know we're adaptable i think so far we've demonstrated that <laughs> um so we're going to have a live show and uh really just offer the opportunity for people that have got questions because i know a lot of people have reached out i mean we're on what the 10th for 11th episode now so um yeah we'll, we'll just do a little synopsis of some of the, the the topics and the conversations that we've had with other people in our communities and then really we'll kind of like that will start to take us down to uh 
you know, allowing people to ask us questions next week and even join us um, on the call. So we'll give that information right at the end. How does that feel, gents? Good idea. Good, good. Okay, so let's let's start off with then um, just some of the feedback that we've received. Um, who would like to start? Go on, Brendan. You you do it. Um, so uh, I've I've been sharing, you know, I've been sharing, and it's actually taking people a little bit of time to get them, you know, to watch. But uh, getting a few comments, and I think it's been it's been uh, pretty eye-opening for coaches and they've not previously thought of themselves as, you know, the designer of environments. And, um, you know, that's gone into, we've gone into discussion about the way that we design if our intent is bi-directional learning. So if, if we go into a training session, we're designing the training session to gather insight from players. Um, it's just a, you know, a different mindset. And so people are um, you know, I guess challenged with this new idea, um, and, you know, our intent being bi-directional learning versus, uh, you know, imparting, you know, solutions from something we read or some book. Um, so we're kind of, uh, you know, cooperating with the group or cooperating with the players, you know, to try to form solutions, you know, mm -hmm. for better learning. And, uh, I don't think many coaches approach, the training session with the intent of learning it's more you know imparting their own ideas with the intent of teaching mm. so that's very that's been really good feedback from, good from us and that and that's um i mean I, i've had the same questions as well britain around you know obviously a lot of the theory that we we're talking about um obviously we've had a lot of people who are um you know we'd consider um you know leaders in the fields um and how to make sense of some of the things that they're talking about um with session design mark you kind of popped a blog on um shortly or is it is it gone live or is it going to go live yeah, it's just gone out today um i just finished it now so um it's it's up yeah, and I, I touched on this because I know we had some chat yesterday about it, and I know Britain kind of mentioned that this was a kind of a common theme. I think it's it's a good stance to take. Again, where we're back to the language again, as as Britain pointed out, teaching and learning. You know, that uh, because of probably the social cultural constraints in the USA, I guess with the idea of coach is king, and you know, mm. of knowledge, and you've got the Hollywood coach of Al Pacino's one minute, you know, just one second or one minute, half time, whatever they're called. That's kind of probably an image of a coach. And, and it's it's quite a universal image. And, you know, it's it's of a coach, really. It's, this is quite common around the world. So uh, moving the, the idea from being a teacher to just facilitating learning is probably a much needed um, mind shift and a much needed way to view the world slightly differently so uh it's as i said it's when jason got me first involved working with the canadian fa to build the children's license we tried to build all the conversations not around instead of saying teaching which is a common word and word in the old curriculum that we spoke about learning and that kind of changed a lot the, the very nature of the conversation we say that you know that um language precedes culture so taking quote the idea of having coaches looking at themselves as a designer, but also then understanding that both them and the players are the architects of the learning experiences is quite important because as you touched on there, Britain, 
it's the you were well you were beginning to touch on it was that that a good design um in a good design the, the first feedback will come directly to the players and it's from their interactions how they behave is what you coach around or what that that kind of determines your interventions so if you're going in very quickly and too often with, with very explicit instructions then maybe you should start looking at your design and start wondering okay what is this so what i did in what i did in the um blog is i gave some kind of just very simple ideas that i use with um parent coaches at aik mm. one of them was you know when you're when you got your design and um can you look at it from a um critique it or evaluate it from the point of view of like i put up a diagram there is it, does it have a ball? Is there an opponent? Is there direction? And is there a consequence, meaning that if one person or team loses the ball, then there is a con- there's a consequence the opponent may score. And then is everybody active? So are not, you know, instead of cues or long waiting times, etc. So that's kind of just a very simple guideline, but, but it, it also captures principles of nonlinear pedagogy, which are, they're on the blog as well, so you can go in and read that. But Again, I, I think that the positioning culture as a designer shifts the idea away from these classical theme-based sessions where basically you have the answer and that you're we're working on passing. But to, for me, a lot of times to work on passing, there have to be the affordance to dribble as well. Otherwise, there's no decision. Mm. And usually when sessions, when they have themes, it's only a, if it's passing, it's always a pass from A to B to C to A to B, where the decision is just totally dictated by the rules of the of the session design. So they're, they're just some things to think about. Um, well, let's let's go a little bit further, Mark, with this. Yeah. First of all, um, uh, a lot of these concepts, and uh, I know you've read it, Mark. I don't know, Britain, if you've had a chance. For anyone who's listening as well, not that we're not getting any uh, sales or percentage back on this, but the constraints led approach book actually talks about this quite heavily around the the coach as an architect of the environment, yeah. um, really trying to to, to push, uh, at, you know, a different paradigm around what really the role of the coach is, the initial role anyway. Um, and you've gone you've gone into uh, some really I think some a simplistic way of explaining that as you said because you've got parent coaches. Um, you know, I think part of the trap initially is around the fact that if you're too explicit with your outcome, i.e. a theme, that's why you get caught in that explicit um, approach because you're just so desperate to achieve that and not yeah. letting the environment kind of naturally just blossom into whatever the kids are receiving feedback from it. So um, is that something, you know, this this framework and, and maybe Britain as well on your side, are you guys slow i mean mark you we know you for sure are you shifting away from removal of themes and and kind of now just underpinning it with principles and and how's that going for you Burton? um you know really good question um we have not uh we've not really gone away from themes um but uh we're moving towards you know, the coach kind of decides what they want to get out of the week and i uh, you know, it was interesting because we started asking coaches around training sessions. Um, so, you know, what are you what are you hoping to get? And, you know, really long pauses there from from most coaches that they, they didn't really think 
a lot about what behaviors they wanted to affect and what behaviors they wanted to influence, you know, unless the session was, you know, defined for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they had to think pretty hard about what it is that they wanted to get. And so, you know, where we wanted to start was, uh, you know, be intentional about what it is that you're trying to get and um, kind of know why you're doing things. And I think maybe that's, uh, you know, that's our way of uh, you know, ensuring that it's not like, I guess, under constrained. But uh, I don't, I don't know that we've perfected that balance by any means. It's a, it's a little bit, it's very different and a little bit scary to just say, okay, go for it. You know, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. We'll see what emerges. Um, you know, that said, if, if they're performing the tasks of soccer um, in their, their football, it's, you know, ball circulation and, you know, there are goals and, you know, again, Mark mentioned consequences and that sort of thing. Is that enough? Is that enough of a framework um, to add value to their experience? Quite I think con- I think context on where you know their age as well is a big factor. I think Mark, you know, yeah. you're working with you're working with you twelve and a, below a lot of the time, and you know they need to just experience the game, and 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 with those experiences, they 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 get the opportunity to make you know solve problems. Whereas if you're probably working with the older groups. You know the objective is probably more clear, and but you still need. I mean, I think these principles, Mark, for anyone listening who work with older kids, that the same principles of session design is the same. You just you just lend, leading them more towards that bias of solution. Thoughts? Yeah. I'd have thought about something Britain said about what you hope that you get. I was wondering, maybe ask the coaches with reference to players, what do you hope that they get? The players. So you could ask yeah. the what you hope that they get, the players' yeah. ideas. It can be just like, okay, I hope, I hope my session provides some uh, autonomous decision-making. I hope it's enjoyable. Right. Um, maybe I was reviewing, I think we need to learn to play around or over or through more. We need to identify those possibilities. So I'm hoping they get the, this out of this session. Mm. Yeah, I, I had this uh, in a discussion with another coach last night. And I was kind of explained to him, okay, so, you know, we've got our environmental constraints and each of those players has personal constraints. And, you know, the game has task constraints, it's, you know, rules and, you know, what it is that we're trying to do and how we score. So I asked them uh, how or if you could influence or affect uh, any personal constraints for this group, what would it be? And, you know, he's a little bit new, but he's like, um... I would want them to, you know, to stay engaged. And I'm like, well, engaged with what? And what would you like them to do? And so we we kind of discussed, you know, what what is the task of, you know, of soccer? And uh, I think we've, I was on the phone with another coach, um, kind of explaining my experiences here. And I think we've broken things down so much that we have no idea how to put it back together. Right. I think yeah, going back to why, how, when I work with these parent coaches, how do you evaluate a session? You can sit them, okay, was there a ball? Was there an opponent? Was there a direction? And uh, the consequences was everyone involved. Was all, so that's just a starting point because then once they get these ideas, then you can start working with how you can manipulate the task constraints, pitch sizes, number of players, 
you know, it's okay if you if you have to have four v three for a while. Who cares? It's fine. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So why are you playing one? You know, I I, I do some one v one young areas. I think it's very important, probably, for uh, even though the decision making is probably narrowed, there's good probably a lot of movement possibilities, creativity, agility. But I I like playing instead two v three because then. Uh, it 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 gets it invites the opportunity for more dribble dribbling because it's two v three, but also you can still pass, so it doesn't take away the affordance to pass. So I, I I like those games a little bit more, but I also see the value more. One again, we're looking at a continuum and a scale. Where are we on the scale? There's very very few right or wrong answers. If you think at the at one end of the continuum, you have you have the default setting, which is very much isolated. And at the other end, you have the throw in the ball and let them play in the game as the teacher. And possibly neither are really optimal. So we right. work in this landscape, what I call landscape of affordances in the middle, and work along there. And a lot of that is contextual as well. It's sociocultural. And you know these players best. So it's working on that. But still, just to reflect back up the practice, ball, opponent, direction, consequence, everyone involved. That's the ch a little checklist. We're observing if the design is good. Play, are the players acting on on the on representative information? What where do I need to push this? Yeah, I think that's yeah. really good, Mark. Because uh, to Britain's point, you know, have we uh, we're struggling to fix it? And I think uh, as a society, we swing on a pendulum, don't we, from one extreme to the other? And I think that's why a lot of people have been starting to to, to tune into this. Because there's a there is an interest of trying to find you know not that there's a sweet spot but that 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 middle balance area and that's really what we're talking about. There is no absolutes here because it's all contextual. It's all based on whoever you're working with, both from a player and a coach standpoint. Um, so that's really really good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, on, on your session, on your session designs, uh, you've got some examples here, Mark. I just wondered if you could maybe. Um, Go into a little bit just on because this this came from your you you and um, Dennis's um, presentation yeah, we, on. Yeah, we did a presentation for MSA Ireland, Ireland, uh, Movement for Acquisition Ireland, a really really good organisation that are really pushing boundaries in Ireland and the UK. And uh, we did an hour, uh, we did a twenty five minute presentation and a twenty five minute uh, Q and A, and it's really a lot of fun, just presenting. AIK's decision to remove its early selection policy in 2017, the building of the research and development department, how we're investigating our own environment, how we're, you know, yeah, again, we're, we, instead of like, you know, a lot of people take, oh, I, I quote um, uh, Jan Veerbeck uh, from one of our podcasts, uh, the, the, pro the problem is when you copy a Dutch model or a Dutch way in another country, but not work our infrastructure is so unique for example so that's a very valuable quote because it's often if some some country wins a tournament that does well in the tournament there's a book or a dvd or we have to do this this is the right way but really we need to look into the sociocultural historical constraints of where the player the present players in that team that has led sex emerged from etc there's so many complex factors involved so that's why we decide we look into our own environment our own culture culture Swedish football included and what what does it say what's it telling us what's happening and, and we work from there and that's where we build our our, our player development um, ideas and strategies around that but in, in this session here I'm trying to contextualize it to give it kind of insight to 
that in Sweden, a lot of the football pit is rarely privately owned. They are a uh, municipal owned local government. And uh, Stockholm being a big capi- uh, capital city, like many, has very limited uh, football pitches, limited space, limited times, etc. So what we do is we often might have, say, eight-year-olds or nine-year-olds. We might have between six, seven, eight, nine teams training on a full 11-a-side pitch. Each of these pitches is probably only four, five-a-side or four, seven-a-side goals. They're the five-a-side and the seven-a-side goals. They're actually double-sided goals. So it's the same goal. You just turn it around. One's a five-a-side, one's a seven-a-side. So then we have limited um, environment constraints. That's, that's, uh, the environment is kind of constraining what the coaches can do. So I took it from a very basic, here we have, you just got a few cones, you got some footballs, you got some vests if you want to use them. What can we do? And here's your limited space. So I put up two, two very, very simple sessions. One that, that um, em- places and shines a light, places emphasis on dribbling without removing the possibility, the affordance to pass. And the other one then very similar design, but just manipulating the player numbers, you uh, emphasize passing without removing the affordance to dribble. So just two very, very simple sessions that I guess anyone can do, because I'm quite sure around the world this is a common uh, issue, uh, constrained by the environment. Yeah. Go ahead, Britton. Oh, um, I was just going to say, you know, in our environment, um, we're quite limited in fields. Um, We've got big, you know, big surfaces of grass. Uh, The grass tends to be quite long and uh, you very rarely have lines or goals. And so, you know, our trainings are going to look different than you people that are even just, you know, 10 miles up the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, in fact, you know what? Why don't I share it with if people are watching this on the on YouTube? One second. Um, so it's a two v two game. Yeah, link in the show notes that they say in the business. There we are. So it's a two v two game. Um, obviously, talking about the constraints that you don't have space. How many how many of these uh, would you have, Mark, on in a given uh, session with uh, AIK with the number of players? So it depends. Like last night, actually, my, my son, he's ace, and he plays with a local team, and their coach is real. So I took a session, and I did this 2v2, but, be, but we had a five-a-side pitch. We had 16 kids, extremely limited space. So what I did is I, I just – we had – I had a 2v2, so you'd have eight players there, so they just rotated. So every game lasted 10, 15 seconds, and it just bam, 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 quick rotations. But it worked well, but because of the limited – Pitch sides. I have to uh, have a half a five-a-side pitch. I have to, uh, yeah, adjust. But the waiting time, etc., wasn't too long. But otherwise, I'd have set up more. So you can have on a quarter of an eleven-a-side pitch a load of these. They, they don't, have to, and you, you decide yourself how how big the these need be. You know, maybe mm. some players aren't need. You need to educate their attention to exploiting space more so you just make it a little bit bigger um i also because these are cones if you you can you, you can also use um these um you know these, these, these goals that you have i don't know what they're called in a swedish they're called hook goal so and you can so instead of dribbling through the cones you can pass through them so yeah again it's the size of the pitch you can start 
the ball so you can vary passes in or they can start with the ball. You can decide. It's very, very, very simple. And if you saw the one there with um, the, the, the other one then is a 2v2 and what we have is a point guard and a target. So there's two jokers. So the point guard is support behind the target as the player in front. Uh, but it's at the pitch and each day play with it. So, and you see if you play to the point guard and score, it's two points. If you just score, it's one point. So there we are trying to exploit space and gaps, utilizing passes, but still not taking away the opportunity to dribble. Very simple, very basic. And again, you can manipulate the size of the pitch here how you want. Um, some people often have the cones too small, which ends up with cones, which ends up with some kids standing in the goals. Make them big enough so you can't block them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think some of, some of the key things here, Mark, for anyone who's just curious, I mean, like you say, eight players um, involved. There are eight and nine in, you, in the description. So, again, I mean, they do need rest. This is extremely tiring if they're in it and they're, and they're um, obviously engaged. And so that works perfectly. Um, and you've obviously got, uh, you know, the same setup, but two completely different uh, emphases. And uh, again, this was something I, I chatted about with our staff i'm like we don't need to create keep creating all these fancy sessions with different layouts to achieve a different outcome the the the, the, the i guess the secret is that you can still do the same session same space and actually get a different action or repetition of that action that you're looking for you want them to try and at least look to solve and i think that's the, the that's probably the secret source for me someone who's been you know uh, involved in and and you know listen to many webinars, been to many conferences. It's it's all these fancy session designs to bring out these different actions. When the reality is, it's just a very subtle change, task change. Maybe it's an ad uh, an addition of a player or or a, you know a variable of some kind, and all of a sudden the, the environment changes again. Yeah, I I, uh, I think a big turning point was this uh, this idea of specificity. And I think for, for our culture, specificity, we think of specificity as being uh, very detailed about, you know, one part. Right. Right. So uh, what is the most specific thing you could do, uh, you know, to work on training football? It, it's football, right? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I think the further, you know, the further we get away from that, um, the less specific we're being. And so I think it's important for coaches to understand that the game, the game is specific to the game. The game's likely to prepare you for the game. The game of 11 aside isn't likely to provide adequate rep like repetition yep. to, you know, to make it yeah, enjoyable for you. In the, in the principles of nonlinear pedagogy, task simplification instead of task reduction. Modify yeah. the task while ensuring that functional information and move, information movement couplings are maintained. Mm -hmm. And I saw that I saw that in the blog. Mm -hmm. um, so an example of an example of task reduction would mm -hmm. be dribbling, right? Or even I I almost look at one on one as task yeah. reduction. I, I was that's what I said earlier. It's like it's something that it is task reduction, but you can't. There it's on the continuum. There is some benefits to it as well, and it's also particularly very good for kids coordination movement skills as well it's yeah. uh, representing highly repetitious yeah. repetitious and, and also it's never the same movement anyway when they start right. working each other out so that 
yeah, I mean, again, uh, again, always when you're designing like this, there's there's often just a, okay, if I do this, what do I lose? And you have to evaluate as a coach. But if you're just A passing to B and B passing to C passing to A, then then that's just totally, you've just totally reduced it and you've removed all the information. Yeah, there's no variation. And that's that concept that you probably, you know, repetition without repetition, which is the key. Yeah. What very good. Very, very good. I mean, and this blog, th- th- these video links as well, right, Mark, on this for people that might want to. Yeah, uh, I just see. put a video link. It was really nice. Is it's coaches, parent coaches themselves film these. Brilliant. So it's just they're like eight and nine year olds, and it's it's just nice, very simple, very basic mixed ability groups, if you want to call them. There is these are not selected groups. And yeah, and and what I've done now to challenge the next challenge is that I've asked the coach to say, look, you know. Keep, Get the, get the players to set up these sessions themselves when they come. That was going to be my next question. Yes. Uh, you know, going back to our discussion with Debbie, um, you, know, you know, how do we leverage the, uh, I guess, the player voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, and make, make it kind of coming back, make it part of the culture. You come down, this is our a session we can start. Rival with. session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. I mean, so Mark, I mean, you, you, it's really clear here that, you know, you've got an objective starting point with reference to session design with obviously everyone active, board direction, consequence. Component. What is then the, I guess, once this starts to play and they're playing 2v2 and you, the, the, you know, the repetitions and actions are starting to occur, what's the, the point from then you start with your parent coaches on giving them feedback on understanding what their role is in that environment because again i think that's something that uh britain mentioned at the beginning i know i certainly see a lot of it is now it's going there's this desire to you know take over that fountain of knowledge i have to be the sage on the stage you know what's the what's the starting conversation for you um at aik with the coach um the thing is, a lot of the coaches, we very, uh, a lot of the education will happen out on the pitch. Um, so sometimes it might be a very simple conversation. You can watch what they're doing. You start where people are at, not where you want right. to. So I've had a coach recently who really can see the energy in a, quite a good design, but the best intention and the best intentions, but really getting involved too much in this and that. And, and I always say this way, just actually, what, what's actually happening? Yeah, just, mm-hmm. you know, like, what's happening? Oh, it's, it's a, what do you notice? It's really good. And it, But then also I, I gave, I gave um, I helped uh, an ex-La Liga and Serie A play, player who plays now the IK finish his UEFA, uh, UEFA licensee to do some youth coaching. And I set up, I actually set up these sessions and I got the kids in and I said, the kids set it up themselves. It was really good. They were 10 because they've been used to these sessions from working at the club, being the club for two years. And I just said to the, to the, to the, to the coach, I said, okay, and this is an experienced player. Mm-hmm. But, uh, don't coach what you want, coach from what you see, not what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And he comes, he just stops and he's watching them. Then after 10 minutes, he comes over and he calls him and says, this is really hard. Right. Cause he, you know, he, he's got so much knowledge and understanding. And this is a great player and a really good coach. I say, it's not about the knowledge you have, it's about the knowledge they have and how you can start pushing that because how they see things and experience the situation completely different from how you do. So you got to laugh after a while, you started saying, 
actually, I need I need to make the pitch a little bigger. I think the goal should be too big. And he was the one who said the goals are too big because they're standing in front of them. So it's kind of encouraging those sort of interactions over time. And you can do this with parent coaches. What's happening here? What do you think that's happening here? Mm-hmm. I know, I, I have, one of my favorite ones is actually if they're playing a 4v4 game with goals, I really like this. You should try this. Is get, you know, get the teams after a few minutes to go into the huddle, discuss what they want to do, discuss how we need to beat the opposition, how we need to stop them from scoring. But don't ask them and get them to play and wait a while and see if you can figure out what they yeah. score. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we you've identified it is hard. And I think that's part of the reason why people panic and jump in and take over so they can control it again. Because, you know, you've lost control by, in essence, by letting this happen. Do, is there a set of like uh, framework or a set of questions? Like, for example, that one's really good. What 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 do you see? I know on some of the licensing that, that you know, it's not it's never absolute, but there's kind of this principle of step back for two minutes maybe even longer if necessary in those two minutes quickly assess if the environment is safe that's the first thing you do is it safe like is there something that's that's a hazard of some kind from that point on then can you start to then as you said identify what you're seeing in reference to the to the the actions or the or the mm. solutions that decision making that the players are going through do you have like a do you have a process that you through your coach education with your club that you that you kind of have these questions to, to guide them well, actually a very important thing here is about these questions that in a lot of people speak about guided discovery but really that discovery for me starts with the design the design has to speak to the players yeah i mentioned this earlier the other point is just because a kid can answer a question doesn't mean he un- he is understanding in the game There's absolutely of the game versus understanding in the game. Yep. So they're very important points to consider. And these are things I discuss. Okay, that's great. He, he says this, but let's, let's see it happen in the game. Because that's really where it starts from. So I'm trying to see, that's, we, that's why is it the feedback is good. The, the, the design is good and the feedback's coming to the players. The players interact, they do things. And then it's in the, it's all in the game and what they're doing and behaviors in the game is what you work from. Yeah. Well, and kids learn answers. Kids learn answers. I mean, we talk yeah, about it a lot. Learn, yeah. They just regurgitate things they've heard. I mean, it's like, you know, if the question's so open, I, I say like, we have to avoid this, guess what the coach is thinking game within the set. Like, you know, what do you see? Like, it's such an open question. Like, you know, the, the, the kids just start guessing because they've heard words before. So you're bang on there. So with with that in the you know obviously understanding in the game, and we know it's hard. Um, Britain, you know, with you, your audience, your environment, you know, where are your coaches? What's the kind of message that you give your um, club coaches on how to manage that? Um, I think uh, we've had a, a few discussions on. We try to impart our view on the on the child or on the player um, too often. And uh, we don't gather enough insight about what it is that they were trying to do. Right. So if I if I go to correct a, you know an error, quote unquote, um, I'm making assumptions about what it was that they were trying to do, or what mm-hmm. what it was that they were trying to achieve. And then you know from there I'm trying to infer what did they see, rather than asking them, hey, you know what were you trying to do there? Right. And then I get an idea of you know, what they see and kind of maybe what cues they picked up on. And, and that can inform my interaction uh, much better than 
you know, me spotting error. You know, coaching well, is not error correction. It, it's funny. I've got a little example of this and um, I won't mention the coach. They're on a license course, you know, and we know from j- chatting with Jason, license courses in the past were not working. But he's watching a session. He's looking for what things that he wants them to do and, and the outcome that he wants them based on his theme. And, you know, he's nervous and he stops it, stops standing still. And as he's stepping out onto the onto the grass, because he's nervous, he completely blanks out with what he saw and what he's actually trying to achieve. And he starts to panic. And he's telling me this story afterwards. And he's like, so I'm, I'm walking onto the field and I'm walking to where, you know, the, the ball was. And I, uh, I'm like, I'm going to fail because I have no idea what I'm supposed to say now. I've blanked. I don't even remember what happened. And he said, and then he just went to the player and kind of put his arm on the player and said, um, so what, what do you see? And then from that point and the cues and the, and the dialogue and the interaction with the player, he managed actually to probably do a much more effective, um, you know, intervention and got out of there. Scave three, actually passed his license, whether that means anything or not. But from that point on, he said that was the moment. It wasn't actually about what I was trying to do. It was actually trying to uh, connect with them and and get their perspective. Because whatever, as Mark said, it's what their understanding in the game is. And if they don't have that understanding in the game, it doesn't matter what I bring in. I have to see what they see. And it was it was it was a big moment for him as a as a coach. But he actually found that 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 approach. He stumbled on it because he. He froze. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of examples in a book called The uh, Humble Inquiry. Have you guys heard of this book? No. no. Um, you know, I'll have, to, I'll have to vet it against the Richard Bailey criteria of pseudoscience, but um, <laughs> they, they talk Go about... More. <laughs> I'll have Richard read it. Um, but uh, they talk about asking you know asking versus telling when you tell somebody you're like assuming that they don't know already right and you know if you're told something that you know how do you feel about that it for me it's it's kind of infuriating yeah but i, I guess it's a thin line between asking somebody to do something and telling them what to do how mm-hmm. to do asking something asking you can through asking you you can give them information of what you think they should be doing but you're not telling them how to do it Right, right, and that's kind of important. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I've written. I'd like you. To, have you seen they're playing a very high line? I, w- I want you to try and exploit it. Yeah, yeah. How to do it? Yeah, but maybe I already know you've got a really good thirty-meter pass. You're really accurate in hitting centre forwards and that. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, you know, cheat a bit, but I'm not telling you how. Right. Mm. Right, but you you you're, you're... You care about instructions. I think instructions are very are very very useful. They're they they're useful in that you're you're guiding uh, their attention. Right. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Right. Can, sure. yeah. Instructions should be guiding an external focus of attention rather than internal. Yeah. The the little uh, tightrope walk we need. To... <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, ben Galloway, I think, has a video on instructional constraints, and it's yeah. probably a good deep dive to for coaches that are trying to walk this line. Yeah, now we'll yeah. maybe put a link on there as well. Yeah, you 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 brought up Richard from uh, last week, um, and obviously the the myth of pseudosciences. Uh, that was quite popular. Um, I got oh, a lot of feedback. Yeah, yeah. I got 
I've got so many coaches contacting me saying, hey, you know, this was really challenging for me and I'm good, but thank you. So mm-hmm. it's really, really good. It's good to see that people are actually reflecting over ideas of learning styles and disc personality tests and things. I think it's very beneficial because it's, you can't blame people for for buying into this believeness because it's, it's everywhere. You know, it's, you know, this personality tests are being used in multi-corporations. So people just assume, oh, they do it, so it must be correct or right. Mm. Learning so many education programs. But it's good. It's good to have these discussions. We need, we need more of these. It makes, yeah. I think, this makes us better at what we are at. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, with that um, said, I mean, let's see if we can then get people uh, who are interested to ask these questions and just have a, a, a dialogue with us. Um, disclaimer, we don't have answers. We just have conversations. So if you come in looking for a, a, a bullet, a golden bullet, we don't have it. But so next week, gents, um, we're going to uh, delay our recording time so that Britain can actually wake up and, and have breakfast. Um yeah. Um, so we're, it's going to be, let me think, what's probably the most default time here? Would it be Eastern time would probably be the default time? So in the US, it's going to be on the East Coast. It will be a 12 o'clock live show. Um, in um, Sweden, it will be a six. Is that, yeah. Uh, if you're in the UK, and I know we have a lot of UK listeners, that means it will be a 5 p.m. And if you are right on the west coast of the United States, um, in Canada, that would put you around 9 a.m. Uh, and then if there's anyone from, I guess, the Southern Hemisphere, what time would that be? I think Brazil is and Sweden's only about three or four hours difference. So I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a few time zones in Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll put all the information on. We'll, we'll we'll promote this. And what we're looking for is just questions. So if you have a question and you want to join us, actually, um, you know, come on the feed and, and ask the question yourself. You're going to email us at questions. Uh, not questions, sorry. I lie. Uh, it's going to be contact at learningindevelopment.net. So contact. I want to make sure I get that right now because this, this would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Yeah, contact at learningindevelopment.net. And again, we'll put the information uh, attached to this podcast. So uh, if you can get us some uh, questions in, maybe by the probably the end of the weekend, we'll send you out an invitation if we've selected the questions for you to come on. Everyone else, it will be live streamed. And I'm thinking, fellas, we'll go like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever people want to listen to. Um, that's up to them. Anything, anything else from you, gents? I would just like to ask the audience uh, to evaluate whether they're, you know, more green personality, red personality, <laughs> left brain, left brain or right brain. I, I, I actually had a thought just when when we were discussing earlier is like that somebody's asking me how long have we been in this kind of Corona thing, and I'm I'm counting Corona by the amount of podcasts we've done. Oh, so I yeah. will forever yeah. be connecting COVID nineteen to the amount of learning and development podcasts because it's basically <laughs> one every week. So we've been it's been around for about uh, well directly in our lives for about eleven weeks, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's why I said to you, Mark. Because we had we had some conversation around whether or not we should talk about it because it's not really the subject that we we're, we you know we we're, we're familiar with or understand. But 
I said to you, Mark, it's, it, you know, listening back to it, you know, maybe in a couple of years, it will be interesting because you actually get to see the process. Yeah. Let, let yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, gents, I, I think this this uh, podcast for, for many will be quite um, useful. Uh, I know a lot of people are, uh, are trying to, you know, are asking questions, finding their way. Um, obviously, a lot of people are desperate to get on the field and practice some of these things. So uh, really appreciate your insight. Um, the blog, Mark, we love it. Keep it coming. Um, yeah, hey, any final I, words? Add it into the, the link in the in um, any show notes and stuff will do anything mm-hmm. else Bryn? no thanks guys it's been sure. good all right we'll let you go on a bike ride britain <laughs> going now ciao all right gents all right